Kia ora, Frank. Tēnā koutou te whānau o Auckland Unitarians, me ngā Unitarians o te ao. Nau mai, haere mai. Haere mai ki tō tātou whānau. Haere mai ki te hui o te rānei. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā rā tātou katoa. Ko tangata te rite te iwi, nō ko te rānanga tūpuna, ko Rachel McIntosh tōko ingoa. I am in this land by dint of the Treaty of Waitangi. My ancestors are from Scotland. My name is Rachel McIntosh and I'll be leading the service today. It's lovely to be here and to see you in the building and to see you on the screen. Kia ora. Um, karakia tematonga. Mā te whakarongo ka mōhio. Mā te mōhio ka mārama. Mā te mārama ka mātou. Mā te mātou ka ora. Through listening comes knowledge. Through knowledge comes understanding. Through understanding comes wisdom. Through wisdom comes well-being. A father and son are in a horrible car crash that kills the father. The eight-year-old son is rushed to hospital in critical condition. ED staff prep him rapidly and take him to an operating theatre where the surgical team is waiting. Just as he's about to go under the knife, the surgeon says, I can't operate. That's my son. How can this be? So um, the words for the chalice lighting today are from Michelle Leggett's poetry collection, Milk and Honey. There is the first step to where you are, the bridge of the sun, the bridge of the sea, the bridge of the stones. Yes, I can follow. I know what to do. I walk out to where the bridge starts and call over the water. I walk out to where the moon bridge starts and sing the footstep of light. Now, if you could um, say with me the covenant of the church, love is the doctrine of this church, the quest for truth is the sacrament, and service is its prayer, to dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve humankind in fellowship, to the end that all souls shall grow in harmony, thus do we covenant with each other and with our God. Making the invisible visible. A father and son are in a horrible car crash that kills the father. The eight-year-old son is rushed to hospital in critical condition. ED staff prep him rapidly and take him to an operating theatre where the surgical team is waiting. Just as he's about to go under the knife, the surgeon says, I can't operate. It's my son. How can this be? I opened the service with this riddle. You may have heard it before. You may have been confounded, or you may have found the answer obvious. The surgeon is the child's mother. I first heard that riddle sometime in the past 10 or 20 years. I was brought up in a feminist household. I was not a child who was pointed towards traditional female work. We had picture books that challenged gender stereotypes. Paper bag princess hadn't been written yet, but 
We can do anything you see, whether we are he or she, is my recollection of the last line of Stan and Jan Berenstain's He Bear, She Bear. I also grew up in the 20th century, which was not an exclusively feminist experience. Hashtag me too, anyone? When I heard that riddle, I couldn't explain it. The father was dead. Was he not really dead? Was the surgeon a ghost? <laughs> I couldn't see it. The truth was invisible to me. I love feeling smug in these situations when I see things that others don't see. If you saw it first time, I resent you slightly because I wish that I had. That's not really the point. I confidently wager that there are other situations in which the truth would be invisible to you too. It has been some relief to my delicate ego to learn that my experience is quite common. In 2021, a study of this exact riddle in the US included 152 participants, all university students. Only one in three participants responded that the surgeon could be a woman. The study tested to see whether people's attitudes, political beliefs or experience affected whether they saw the possibility of a female surgeon. People with liberal beliefs, people who identified as feminist, people whose doctors were women, all failed at the same rate to see the possibility that the surgeon could be the boy's mother. The only factor that made a difference was the gender identity of the participant. Women were more likely to guess that the surgeon could be female. The study concluded that when we are asked to imagine a surgeon, we see a man. That this image lies so deep that our personal experiences and attitudes make no difference. For most of us, me included, we do not see the possibility of a surgeon who is also a mother. It is invisible. I've recently spent a week on a project dedicated to making the invisible visible. I offer some context. My union, E2, with the New Zealand Nurses Organisation and the Public Service Association, is taking a case under the new pay equity legislation to achieve pay equity for care and support workers. This involves having the work of care and support workers valued properly without gender bias. Our case is based on a now fairly uncontroversial recognition that care work has been historically undervalued because it is predominantly done by women. I say fairly uncontroversial because it is still common to, to regard care work as unskilled, with low responsibility and not requiring a great deal of effort. However, the employers in the care and support sector agree with us that there is a case to answer. The process to settle the case involves interviewing workers to find out what they actually do. The unions and employers jointly conducted almost 50 interviews late last year and early this year. From those interviews and from job descriptions, a job profile has been created. The profile runs to more than 30 pages and it's arranged under different headings. This is where the project I was part of comes in. The headings in the job profile are factors that allow us to measure the work. Once the work has been assessed and measured, unions and employers will bargain to reach a pay outcome that provides pay equity. That part comes later the bargaining is set down for June this year. The project I was part of involved a panel of eight people, four from unions and four from care sector employers. To assess care and support work, we looked at all the factors in the profile. 
You might expect those factors to include knowledge, problem solving, planning, leadership, physical skills and effort, the kind of things we commonly think about when we conclude that a brain surgeon should be paid more than a street sweeper. We did assess those factors. We also assessed factors which have been invisible since the dawn of patriarchy. Interpersonal skills, responsibility for services to people, and emotional effort. And even under the traditional categories such as physical skill, we looked at fine motor skills as being at least as valuable as physical skills that are more associated with brute physical strength, as driving a forecoist more or less skilled than administering a catheter. As the eight of us, seven women and one man, painstakingly assessed the care worker job profile, we frequently had to remind ourselves that our task was to make the invisible visible. How many times did we have to make an effort to see the care work equivalent of the invisible, nay impossible, female surgeon from the riddle? And what did we see? What did the process help us to see and to attribute value to? We saw the value of the vital work of enabling an elderly, elderly person to participate in society. Without the intimate task of changing that person's nappy or giving them a shower, life with dignity would be impossible. We saw the emotional effort involved in such a task. We saw the physical skill required to undertake the task in such a way as to keep the person safe, not to hurt them, and to respect their humanity in the process. We saw the value of visiting someone with a mental illness every day, understanding their illness and relating to them with skill and sensitivity so that they can participate in their personal plan to get better. We saw the value of the sophisticated communication skills required to interact with a wide range of people with disabilities who may be highly verbal or completely non-verbal. We saw the value in working with nurses and doctors to develop plans or to get help for vulnerable people. The value of the care worker's knowledge born of seeing daily changes in behaviour or well-being that would be invisible to a doctor or even a nurse who come in only from time to time. We saw the value of having the cultural knowledge to translate the requirements of the mainstream care system into a Samoan or a Māori world so as not to alienate a person in need of care and support. We saw the cumulative effect of the emotional effort required to care for and support many different vulnerable people, each with their own particular needs, day in and day out. Rendering these invisible things visible lays the groundwork for making a huge and material difference in the lives of people, mainly women, who do care and support work for a living. We will win pay equity for care workers, and we may have to win it again. We already know the difference it can make because in 2017, care work received a huge pay boost as a result of our previous equal pay campaign. That one was a great improvement, but it was still not equal pay. The detailed assessment of the value of the work was not part of that case, and the outcome was a political recognition that something had to be done, but not an increase that brought care work pay up to the level of work of equal value that is mostly done by men. Aitalele Faivalu was among the people quoted in Emily Griffin's socio-legal PhD 
that examined the last pay equity settlement. Here, Aitaleli describes the difference in her family budgeting decisions before and after the pay increase. A bag of sausages, $25 for 70 sausages. A bag of rice, $10. A bag of sugar, $5. Soap and toothpaste that cost 99 cents. Some lollies and cheap chips for my kids and two box of chicken bags. The rest of my pay goes toward our bills. I am so happy and so grateful of how winning equal pay has done for me and my family. My kids now can have cereals before they went to school and eat healthy at all times. I can now afford to buy them new clothes and pair of shoes for their school. It's all because of equal pay. My life and my family's life has finally changed because of my pay increase. So be it. And now it's time to extinguish the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of hope, the warmth of community, and the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. So, for closing words, um, I have a poem, Cracks, by Scylla McQueen. Thousands of tiny cracks snaking forwards and back and simultaneously neither, like when you can see the future becoming exquisitely. Karakia Fakamutunga. Nga hia hia ai ki te timatanga a ka kite ai tato ite mutunga. You must understand the beginning if you wish to see the end. So today's theme, in case you didn't pick it up, was related to the fact that it was International Working Women's Day earlier this week. I didn't announce it at the beginning because I didn't want to give you too much help with the riddle because I would be really upset if you all got it when I didn't. Um, but that was the theme for today. And um, the composer today, Frank, was Clara Schumann? Clara Schumann, so we had a female composer. Um, and wasn't it beautiful? Um, so now it's time for um, discussion groups. Um, and the question starter is, what times in your life have you had something invisible made visible, and how was it transformational? <laughs> 